PR Pro Cannabis Media. Hi, everybody. Welcome again to another very special edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young, our regular podcast and interview show that we do on Pro Cannabis Media. And remember to like, share, and subscribe, not only to this podcast, but to all of the productions that Pro Cannabis Media is so proud to bring to the public, including our weekly Weed Talk News show, which, by the way, now is getting thousands and thousands and thousands of views every week since Elena Pinto is now the anchor of that show, and I have become the executive producer, and I'm comfortable with that. Uh, we are going to go to the Show Me State of Missouri for this particular edition of In the Weeds, and we've got our Missouri correspondent from the Maven world, the business development director himself. His name is Brandon Jones. He's also our Missouri correspondent on We Talk to Jones. We talk news. See, even though I screwed up, I am not going to redo it. Brandon Jones, welcome to the show. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Very excited. And more importantly, you're the reason why we're talking to our two guests today, because this is your hood. This is Missouri, and you are in the cannabis space. And, you know, we have a national inquiry, a very kind of curious audience and following. They always want to know what's going on in different states. Now, we broadcast or we live stream or we record whatever we do here is in Massachusetts, which is my native state and where I've been for most of my career. That was a long time ago, uh, back that started in 1977. Do the math. I'm 65 years old. Okay, folks. <laughs> and I'm talking about weed now. This is where my career is. Uh, we're joined by two people from the Illicit Gardens, which according to the BDSA, which is the Canna Advisors Group out of Colorado. They are the number one brand in Missouri. David Craig, the VP of Marketing, and Christina Osorio, their creative director, are joining us. Uh, for both of you, first of all, congratulations on being number one. Uh, that obviously had to do with your marketing and creative departments, didn't it? In part, yes. But the whole team is really, like, extravagant. It, it truly is a collection of really experienced and talented people. There you go. And uh, walk me through uh, exactly what you guys do at Illicit Gardens and what is the brand? Is it a flower? Is it a uh, tincture? Is it all of the above? Is it uh, a dispensary? Walk me through this. Go ahead, David, you could do that. So uh, the idea of Illicit was born out of uh, an idea to, to highlight the hypocrisy uh, in the criminal justice system about uh, people incarcerated for marijuana-related offenses. Mm -hmm. And as it becomes legal, as it becomes you know, recreational, medical in different states, you still have this huge legacy of people who are stuck behind bars for people who are now getting to make a bunch of money off of it, having new careers, new opportunities. So we wanted to kind of really slam that in people's faces and kind of let people know that like, you know, while you're enjoying this, don't forget about the past. Um, and that led us to uh, open one of the first cultivation facilities in the state. I think we were the first in Kansas City. Um, we have a cultivation license and a manufacturing license. And the products that we sell range from all your flower products. We sell a three, like an eighth. We sell uh, a quarter of popcorn buds. We sell a ton of different types of concentrates. 
uh, live resin concentrates, pens. Um, uh, what, what do you think of those disposable pens, by the way? I feel so guilty carrying them around, but they're so convenient. He actually just discontinued the pens because of our environmental concerns with, yeah. with the batteries. Yeah, we'd like to stick I, with everything that's at least reusable um, uh, several times. So that was, yeah, so. Okay, good, good. I feel much better now because even though the guilt is ripping me up inside, uh, I know that eventually I believe the industry, which is very much, you know, conscious of the environment uh, will will change and how they distribute yeah. their products and stuff right there's a lot of room for improvement um uh just to summarize we do have like over 200 SKUs, and uh in our facilities we've actually taken a lot of efforts to re reduce our environmental impact we do uh recycle uh, water that's used in the cultivation process. We mm -hmm. take water from our dehumidification systems and our HVAC condensers, and we put that through our filter, you know, obviously our high quality filtration system. And we actually reclaim 2000 gallons of water a day. And wow. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's super. Um, now, Brandon's back. Okay, good. Because now I'm going to put him on the spot. Brandon, walk us through what the laws a, that exist in Missouri are right now for medical patients only, because I know there's a movement in the legislature about bringing adult use to that state. But walk me through what, what it's like now to be a consumer of cannabis with a medical card in Missouri. Sure. So yeah, obviously, just like most states, you have to see the doctor, go through a process, get approved, get your card. And then here in the state of Missouri, for only $100 more, you can actually get your cultivation license which allows you to grow six plants. So I have my cultivation license as well. So you can do that easily. And then the dispensaries are doing lots of things to actually bring prices down lately. Uh, they were at the very beginning, extremely high, but now definitely closed down and made it a lot easier to get a lot better quality products now. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit of, of still, you know, trying to get the best products for the best price, but the market's taken off a lot better. So. Uh... What I'm reading here is a news item that I believe broke last week about the GOP-led bill to legalize, I don't like to use the M word, cannabis in Missouri, heads to the House floor as key deadline approaches. So it's the Cannabis Freedom Act, and it got out of committee, and then it went to the Legislative Oversight Committee, and it passed both of those. And any idea, any updates on where that bill is right now, and are they still in session in Missouri? Brandon, I'll throw that at you sure yeah so they're, they're still in session but it's only a couple more couple more days and yep. it doesn't look likely that anything's going to get on this time it's going to be out until november most likely and there are going to be three different initiatives put on the ballot in november legal mo 22 is the one that's getting the most uh, publicity and has the most signatures but there are a couple more initiatives that are putting trying to get placed on the ballot in november as well okay and uh and christina uh, tell me about cosmos to cannabis so Cosmic Seed is Alyssa Garden's sister brand. Um, Cosmic Seed really embodies a more celestial cosmic aesthetic. Um, but basically we have um, pre-rolls, uh, one gram pre-rolls, half gram pre-rolls and five packs. We call them vacays, a little vacation from your day to day. Um, and then we also have our edible line of caramels and gummies with some new fun stuff coming up in the future. 
just as long as we start low and go slow, correct? Isn't that the correct. mantra for the industry? Right. <laughs> we all have an edible story, I know. Speaking of stories, it says here that Cosmic Seed will feature stories of nationally recognized performing artists and athletes at the top of their game, since I'm a sports guy. Um, uh, David, can you enlighten us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the series is called uh, Cannabis from the Cosmos, and it was inspired by uh, an article from Carl Sagan about how he used cannabis in his acad academic career and how, you know, there was a stigma about it and how it was sort of hush-hush, but it played a big part in his, you know, creative development. And we really kind of took that idea one step further, and it was like, how are other people in their professional lives using it? And that led us to focus on a series of performers who are constantly training, constantly performing, and that is um, uh, Las Vegas show performers, people who do uh, uh, contortion, people who do uh, break dancing. We have the Olympic break dance athlete who's actually part of this. And uh, Christina, why don't you fill me in on the other individuals so I get their names we right? We have a, a couple different yogis, dancers, modern dancers, acroyoga, um, stuff like that. And as David said, they perform day to day. They have to be on point every evening for their show, which means they're training constantly, which means their bodies undergo the most stress out of any normal human, you know? So what we wanted to do is we wanted to see how it affected their life and then how they use cannabis in recovery, um, stress management, emotional management, um, rather than turning to like, you know, narcotics for pain management. And, and you know, it's funny, I was just reading um, some comments to our on our YouTube channel, Pro Cannabis Media, and uh, a gentleman, I'm, I'm gonna assume it's in a gentleman, I uh, was talking about his journey through the opioids and the morphines of the world. I don't even know if opi morphine is an opioid. I'm just saying tons of painkiller drugs and how he's weaned himself or herself off that through cannabis. We hear these stories all the time now, but you don't hear them or see them in traditional media. Uh, David, you're a marketing guy. You know how challenging it is to market this product and, and and counter all the stigma that's out there with the science and research, still very challenging for you as well, I'm sure. It requires thinking outside of the box on a hourly basis. Uh, we constantly have to try to find new ways to get the message out about our products, what we're doing, what we stand for. And it's a challenge that anybody in the cannabis industry typically faces. So um, yeah, we, we really have taken a strong digital approach and we like to use AI to sort of create audiences and targeting to kind of get out the message in the really specific ways that we can. Oh, that AI thing is not, they're not very friendly to the cannabis world on some of those social media platforms. You know all about that. Am I right? Yeah, correct. Um, we actually had our original Instagram account taken down. Uh, it was devastating because, you know, a lot of work goes into building a following on social media. But yeah, it was taken down. Uh, there's really no rhyme or reason as to why your page might get taken down. But yeah, that's one of those things that you just you just know you could just lose it at any day. Right. Uh, and, and there are hundreds of, of cannabis related companies, plant touching companies that have been had their um, accounts taken down. 
Yeah. Uh, so it's actually standard practice in the industry to have two or three like backup accounts already ready to go in case you get targeted for whatever reason. Right. Well, that's what we, you know, that's why we use YouTube really and truly uh, just trying to figure out what might be the most friendly social media platform to share our content on. Uh, Brandon, I had asked you to get a few questions ready to go. Are you ready to rock on that? Sure. Yeah, I got to definitely have a couple of questions. Go ahead. So, yeah, the first, you know, one of the things we did on We Talk News was talking about your guys' story with Cannabis Freedom and that project that you guys have got going. Uh, a lot of the viewers don't really know if you could just give us a little bit of breakdown of that awesome project and how you got to work with Tech Nine and the studio and how all that just came about. That's really exciting. A lot of people, obviously, are big fans of Tech Nine here in Kansas City and obviously <laughs> what you guys are doing too. So that was pretty fun. So um, the Freedoms Campaign was actually based around our entire licit um, mantra, everything about criminal justice reform. And as we worked through the processes and pre-production, um, the idea developed that we were going to take uh, ex-prisoners from non-violent cannabis-related charges who've recently been released, and we're going to dive into what was it like? Why did they get arrested? What was it like in prison during their term? And then now that they have been released, you know, how has it affected their life on a day-to-day -day basis? And you wouldn't believe how difficult it is for them to do the normal things that we take for granted. So we um, have a, a pretty close relationship with Strange and um, we presented them on our idea and we needed a safe and welcoming environment to bring our POWs in and record their story from start to finish completely unedited. And so they um, allowed us to use the recording space, um, the same room that Tech does his recordings. Um, so we were there for two days during this like worst possible winter storm in February. Um, we coordinated all nine POWs to come in um and and it, it was it was truly eye-opening i think i cried probably like 10 different times during those two days listening to their stories and to to just see how it not only affects them but it affects taxpayers and how much they're paying to keep them in prisons for these you know non-violent charges paired you know with somebody who's actually killed somebody you know like it, it, it was really troubling and eye-opening like i said and um over the course of two days we tried to make them feel like vips we flew them in from all across the country we had a uh, car transport for them hotel everything mm -hmm. um we brought them in we did special photo shoot with them for the entire campaign um, and then we uh, had actual cash donations that we gave to them directly. So the campaign is going to talk about each POW over the course of four weeks. They each get their own four-week feature. Right now we're working through Dante West, um, who actually just released his own cannabis brand, West, by Illicit. And, um, you know, so much heart and soul in that guy. Like, he's truly magnificent like just as a being he got himself out of prison who's so yeah. inspirational and um so yeah we're, we're gonna spend a month on each um, individual our next coming up is um evelyn la chapelle her cousin natalia's afterwards and then her um fiance uh corvain cooper's after that and all three of their stories actually tie into each other so it's fascinating 
I, yeah, I, 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 go ahead, Brandon. Go ahead. Sorry, Jimmy, yeah, I just leading a little bit of Dante's story, like doing his own appeal on a typewriter that took him two years because he didn't have access to the proper equipment just to get that done. Yeah. It, it, that was just, yeah, hearing these stories are, are just heart-wrenching. I'm very excited that you guys are doing this and fit raising money for them in the future, not just this one-time thing. You guys are, the campaign is ongoing. And they get, yeah, so it's, yeah. it's amazing, yeah. If you have, do you have access to those stories uh, on tape, videotape somewhere? Um, so we have their full audio clips. Each audio segment is found on our website. Okay. Um, and then we do have um, like video segments that we've clipped out of like the most impactful moments of that. Um, but everything can be found on our site. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, one of the, we did a promotion. I don't know. Dan's listening to me last year sometime. I mean, this whole COVID thing, it, it feels like dog years. You know what I mean? It's like we're, we're running around in a circle. It doesn't seem like we've got anywhere, but uh, it was tell us your cannabis story, you know, come out of the cannabis closet and tell us your cannabis story. And some of the, uh, people who shared their stories were just like you're saying, gut wrenching, incredible, uh, coming off the canvas, if you will, you know, uh, getting off the ledge, what, whatever they were, um, they're, they're all about humanity and what this plant can do to help their own personal humanity. And, but they're not being shared with the rest of the world. And it's one of the things that you know, is always in the back of my mind as a creative producer of content, I wanna share as many of these stories as possible. And at some point we will partner with some group, whether it's, you know, the last personal project we all know is probably the most recognized program out there that a lot of people are working with, but I love the fact that you've got your own um, and you're involved with that immediately too. Um, go ahead, Brendan, I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> no, that's great. No, that's what I was saying. And yeah, that's another thing is like, you're helping for housing and other things like how is this uh, money actually being accumulated that you guys are getting for them? So our initial donation to each POW is directly from Illicit Gardens. And so that was cashed in hand. Um, and then for the future, moving forward, all donations go towards Last Prisoners Project. Right. Last Prisoners Project has been amazing to work with. Yep. Um, they work on reintegration efforts. Um, which goes towards housing deposits for a car, um, you know, the ability to get your driver's license, um, stuff like that. Um, and then they also uh, put a lot of the funds towards advocating current POW, the prisoners that are in the criminal justice system now to, to pay for lawyer fees and doctor visits and, you know, all the things that cost money that they don't have the ability to pay for. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. So it was October 2019 when Last Prisoner Project announced on my show uh, that they existed. Steve D'Angelo came on uh, with my co-host at the time, Kurt Dalton, and we had met in Jamaica in September, and we just started talking. And then the next thing I know, I'm like, well, why don't you just come on and tell us about this new initiative? The fact that he's pretty much dedicating the rest of his life to getting every person who's in jail for a nonviolent cannabis offense out of jail and yeah. not just out of jail, but their records expunged. And also like you guys are doing, creating workforce development programs to get these people that have been most impacted by the failed war on drugs back into society. That to me is what this is all about. And another reason why this plant is on this earth. Um, I find it interesting at the federal level when uh, Chuck Schumer uh, announced his 
federal reform campaign that we're still waiting to actually see introduced in the Senate um, alongside Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey. And Booker was adamant about making sure that everyone knew that this is a social equity impact bill, not just a banking bill. And there are so many elements to this plant now uh, that are right in the middle of the political environment in Washington, D.C. and at the state level. I'm amazed that we're talking about it as openly as we are on my program, on pro-cannabis media, on other outlets that recognize the importance of this and want to document the end of prohibition in their state, like Brandon is doing on a weekly basis on, on We Talk News. Brandon, how uh, rewarding has it been for you to be working with us, if you don't mind me asking you that? No, it's been amazing. And just having opportunities like this where I get to sit down and have a, a real conversation with people that are making change happen here, getting to host events, getting special access, like this great Patients at a Time event that's coming up here in June. It's a great educational event that's coming up. I've already got access to be able to talk to people and they're willing to work forward and, you know, be able to share the information. And when you talk about the morphine story, I mean, I didn't know if you actually knew that or not, but that's my story. I was in a car wreck where I had 150 stitches in my face. They put me on a morphine drip every eight minutes. Oh. The wreck was in 1998. I still have glass that comes out of my nose that I have to use tweezers about every three to six months. And I was up to 28 Advil a day, starting to develop ulcers at 26. Until ah. it was just like, hey, you should try this. I had been an athlete. I was told this is bad. You can't use it. We're testing for this. We're testing for that. You can take as many of these pills as you want and you won't get in trouble. But if you puff this twice, you could not perform and get, lose your scholarship and all of this. And so I had just ingrained in me that it was bad. My brother actually won the D.A.R.E. essay for the state of Kansas, if you can believe that. But so that's just the kind of upbringing, you know, that I, I was brought up into. And so this has just given me a whole opportunity to share, share my story and be able to be around people that are like minded and want to bring about change and change the stigma of the people that are doing it. Yes, we're medicated, but we're educated and we know what we're talking about. So that's that's what I you know, just am really grateful for this opportunity, Jimmy, to be able to have spaces like this. So, yeah, that was a thank so, you. No problem. That, no, and and uh, David, when you hear all these stories and, and I'm guessing everybody on this uh, call on this interview has heard these stories that cannabis has saved my life. Cannabis has changed my life as a company and a, and a, a vice president of marketing. Are you guys taking advantage of sharing those stories with the uh, consumers you're going after? I think sharing those is really how you get to make that connection. Cause as you said, everyone has their, uh, story of their first time they used it, story of how they maybe had too many edibles. They have stories also about, hey, I know how this ruined my friend's life, or hey, this ruined my life, or hey, I've heard all these rumors and misinformation. And it's by being able to kind of bring it to them in an unfiltered way that this is what it act, this is what the war on crime actually looks like. This is how it affects you. This is how it affects these people. This is what the taxpayer cost is. This is how it suppresses the economy. These are the jobs that are lost. Making that connection by sharing those real, real gritty stories that are, that are, that are true. That, that has been, um, I think game changing for me in my position, but I hope also for all the people we've interacted with to get to experience it. 
And, and of course, now we're getting more and more research and scientific knowledge about this plant that is supporting the overwhelming anecdotal evidence that's out there. Uh, Christina, I, I want to bring you back in and uh, ask you just a question about, you know, what's your own personal cannabis journey, if you want to share that with us? Yeah, um, I actually have a recent story. Now, I have been a cannabis user um, since the age of 21. Um, I am much older than that now, so yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let you guess. But uh, just recently, I actually um, had a back injury in my L5-S1 um, oh, full ruptured disc. I ruptured that disc, too. Yeah, a lot, a lot, many more years ago though than you, my yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um, I was immediately put on muscle relaxers and hydrocodone, and it was pretty much that was it. That was the solution that every doctor came to me with, orthopedic surgeons, at pretty much everybody, and um, they were very unhelpful. <laughs> it was. Well, um, it was a, it was a sad kind of reality of um, what we know about the human body and what how, what we do to treat injury and pain. Right. And um, so for seven days, I experienced an increase in like the addictive process to taking all of that medication. And it was on day seven when I was looking at my watch, counting down the seconds from when I could take my next set of pills that I realized that this is bad. This is going in a really bad direction. So I, I, I transitioned into cannabis, um, primarily edibles. Um, I needed to target a specific area and that was within my body rather than a cerebral kind of effect. Um, CBD, a lot of CBD in, adi in addition to that. And, um, you know, it, it was in August of last year. So it's, what is it, May? Um, I'm finally getting feeling back in my toes. Um, I do yoga uh, as much as I can. Um, I build strength in that area, a lot of uh, like physical training and and really it was cannabis that saved me from that addiction. I, I truly believe that. So we all know that Western medicine goes after the symptoms and Eastern medicine goes after the cause. And when you talk about Eastern medicine, you're usually talking about plants and herbs based um, products and Cannabis is a very powerful one and has been used, as we know, medicinally for thousands of years. It's just now the people in charge are finally figuring out, wow, there must be something to this plant. So uh, it is a it, the movement itself has been uh, fascinating to be part of, uh, to cover, to share stories like yours and um, and, and Brandon's. I, you know, it's funny. I actually knew that about you, but I forgot that so i really appreciate you sharing that again uh, and and that morphine drip when i had my ruptured s5 wait l5s1 uh i went into the emergency room locked i mean groucho marx are you familiar with who that is he was, he was always kind of walking around you know uh, i could not stand up straight basically uh, so i had no choice to have surgery and 12 hours later, I was actually walking the halls of the Beth Israel Hospital in Boston, and I was amazed. I was also loving that morphine drip before the surgery, okay? I will admit it. It is the only thing that I have found that actually does kill the pain. Now, it may take you along with it, but it definitely kills the pain, right? Whereas cannabis, I think, helps you manage your pain uh, and, and deal with it and maintain that ability to 
to function normally. Uh, at least that's how I found it, uh, Brandon. Yeah, that's definitely what it did for me. Yeah, like I said, the, the morphine obviously killed the pain. And I was, like I said, in a really bad accident. So I was unconscious on impact. So yeah, I, I woke up to the drip just, you know, every eight minutes, like you're saying, Christina, I was like, holy cow, eight minutes, click, click, click. That click. button. Yeah, no, I, how come it's not going any faster, right? I, I get it. I want, I want another hit. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. They, right, you know. Oh, let's hope none of us have to go through that again, okay? Because that is definitely not a fun experience for anybody, no matter what. Um, David, as a, as a marketing person in the cannabis space in uh, Missouri, uh, you guys are only medical, but I'm guessing that there's so much information now that you've been able to uh, get from your consumers that you're starting to actually have built-in research and stories. Do you share that with any of the advocates or lobbyists who are trying to get the adult use bill passed in the Senate? Well, the good thing about the patient databases here is that um, all of it is protected. We actually don't have access to anybody's personal- But you can, opt it, you can opt out of that too, anonymously. Wrong or yeah, right? Um, do you mean like accessing like patient record? Like yeah, in other words, I, I have, I have opted, I've allowed the world to look at my use of and admit that I am, and I've waived that right in Massachusetts so that they can uh, learn from my buying habits and, and, and all that sort of thing. Um, but I'm, I'm, they don't have that in Missouri. They still in the HIPAA world protecting everything. They are still are in the HIPAA world. Everything is very yeah. protected. You can access it on the dispensary level, like when somebody walks in and they want to buy because they have an allotment they have to stay within under a given time period. It's four right. ounces well, to start. 10 um, ounces in two months in Massachusetts, just for the record. That's a lot of weed, guys. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, you can do an allotment increase. Um, you do basically you do another medical card processing, and you get a, a lot increasement from four ounces to eight ounces. Um, we do see people doing that, but yeah, in terms of being able to access patient data uh, in that fashion to share, it, yeah, it's all very restricted. So what we really have is just demographic information from people who have visited our websites people who have visited like our Google, my business pages or like our location pages, people yeah. who interact with us on social. Um, so it's not as rigorous in the sense that we are able to do like uh, big data dumps, but we do have access to some information that gives us a general idea of who are, uh, who the patient base is. And we all know how restrictive marketing is, but when people come into your dispensary and sign up for maybe a rewards program or yeah. something like that, they've opted in to give you their information. Um, can, can I ask what the numbers are? Because I'm always concerned. I'm always wondering about this. You know, one dispensary might have a couple of thousand, others might have hundreds, but it is the only marketing tool that you guys can actually push onto your consumers. Am I right? Messaging, information. Yes, correct. So the opt-in gives you for this sort of services, you usually get a couple different things. Um, the one that we use is Alpine IQ, one of the biggest operators in the space. They are fantastic. They're, they're, uh, their messaging capabilities, their data analytics, incredible. Uh, we, when they opt in, you're opting in for a text, an email, a browser push, or if you develop an app with them, you can push an, an app uh, app notification. So uh, our system, uh, sorry, sorry. That's right. 
so, uh, so our text messaging system, we run deals and specials, and that's one of the only ways that we can really promote and reach right. them outside that's, of the store with, you know, what specials we want to that's, offer. That's the same thing here in Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, 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 this is why it, it's so crazy. I mean, every state is different. Every state has different laws. Every state has different um, regulations. And, you know, Lord, Lord knows, you know, this industry is one of the most regulated of all time as it, as it actually gets started. Now, we all know, or maybe we don't all know, but I was a parent once. Actually, I'm still a parent. You're always a parent. Put parameters on your kids so that they have, you know, they know when not to go over that line. And you want to be as strict as possible in the beginning because you can always ease up as they get older. And I'm going to hope that this may happen in years long after I'm gone. It'll ease up in a decade, in two decades, because it's really here to stay. Um, I'll go right around the, the, uh, the room here and get everybody's feeling about what you think might happen in, let's make it five years, because I don't think anything is imminent uh, over the next few years under this administration. But let's just extend it to five years. Do you see it becoming legal in the United States? Do you think it'll be decriminalized first? Um, and um, Brandon, I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna let you start on that. Go ahead. Well, yeah, yeah I think decriminalization is definitely gonna become first before just federal legalization everywhere. And I think that, yeah, five years is still a little bit of a quick time frame for that. I mean, like you said, it just obviously depends on who is next in, in control. But yeah, I think five years is still being a little bit hasty. I, I'm hopeful and I'm really hate thinking that decriminalization in more states are seeing, but being here in Kansas City where you see how slow Kansas is to jump on board, uh, you, you know, you see state to state, it's still not, get, not happening, even when they see how much is happening over here. So, Well, you've got 38 states now that have decriminalized it and recognized its medicinal value enough to start a program, whether it's a good program or it's uh, constitutional or not constitutional, and I certainly don't want to go there, uh, or it's run, or you're in total disregard to what the voters want in South Dakota, and you have a governor who doesn't want anything to do with it. So that being said, we're definitely in a time of change. David, where do you see federal reform uh, and and do you have a time frame on that and again strictly opinion does not reflect on anybody's workplace or anything like that here i definitely think that federal decriminalization is in the cards but i have to agree with brandon i think you're closer to 10 years out until something major like that happens uh the signals are clearly there on what the majority of the citizens want. So it's just like, when are they going to care enough or when do they need the tax dollars desperately enough to do something about it? Um, I think money, that, money, money. What's yeah. in it for me, right? Yeah. How about you, uh, Christina? Go ahead. Pontificate. I'm going to agree with Brandon and David. I, I think it's going to be longer than five years. I think it'll be decriminalized first. Um, I am not confident that it's going to be 10 years. It could, could even be longer. Um, but I, I honestly think that psilocybin will be, uh, first and then cannabis to follow up. Yeah. I'm not a big, I mean, no disrespect to the, um, other plant medicines that are out there. I, I definitely would like the industry to focus on one plant at a time, but I certainly understand, uh, when you have another 
natural thing growing that can actually help people, you want to study it and learn about it. And again, so I certainly go with lead with education, lead with the science, lead with the research. And every state has different rules and regulations, which allows, you know, a media company like mine and open talk shows. This is great because we'll, it'll never change. We'll all have opinions and it'll all be different and it'll keep us going for years and years as long as you start talking about it and giving it the respect, not the fear that was put out there for 80 years of misinformation driven by racism in this country. Uh, and I, I think you guys know I'm from Massachusetts, so you certainly know which way I lean. Um, finally, how did people get to you guys in, in, at Illicit Gardens? I'm guess, I've already been on your website. Okay, so it's a nice website. But give yourself a plug. Go ahead, David. Sure. The website is illicitgardens.com. Keep an eye out this week. We will be releasing a new and improved website with some super cool interactive features, some new displays. Uh, you'll also be able to view the Freedoms Campaign and all the great videos there. Uh, if you have any questions about strains or products, we've got a huge database, everything on there. And uh, you could also find us on social media. That is Illicit Gardens M.O., and then for our sister brand, Cosmic Seed, it's CosmicSeedCreations.com. You can see all of our edible flavors and our pre-rolls and all that cool stuff we do. And then it's also, uh, I believe it's Cosmic Seed MO, Christina, for Instagram. Cosmic Seed by Illicit. Cosmic by Illicit. We recently changed that. Yep. So yeah, go check, check that out. Follow us. Uh, subscribe to our newsletter. We do like to send out a, a, a newsletter like every three or four weeks to announce new products coming out, new deals we have running statewide. And it's a great way to just keep a, keep an eye on what we're up to. Do you ever, you ever run Brandon's reports on your newsletter? <laughs> oh, I guess not. <laughs> Silence, Jimmy. Highlights. All right. Fair enough. It's all good. Uh, Brandon, uh, do you want to plug Maven? Go ahead. You might as well. Sure, yeah, Distribution Maven, we're the you know main distributor for Integra Boost, the two-way humidity packs that keep all the flour fresh. So that's uh, what Distribution Maven is you know best known for. I got the Wilfred product line. You can see the, his little box of CBD cigarettes. I actually like these before pre-bed. He's, uh, he's hilarious. And so I love plugging the, the Wilfred brand as well, too. These are awesome. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> and my mom asked me if I posed for the picture. I don't, I don't know. Jason said, <laughs> next Wilfred. When he, when he pulls up the costume, he said, I can put it on. So, so. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you know, they say the Midwest is filled with the nicest people in the state. So I, and I always enjoyed Brandon talking to you. I'm thrilled that you're part of our news team here. And, and David and Christina, I feel like I've been talking to you guys for most of my life. I've really enjoyed uh, chit-chatting with you. And I hope this will just uh, continue to roll here because we're all in this together. Am I right? Yeah, thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate like, it. Really great, really great getting to talk to you guys. All right. And remember, this is how I end all my shows and my podcasts. I came up with this years ago and I just beat it to death. And now we've got a logo and the t-shirts going out there. It's a whole new world of weed out there, people. Use it responsibly. So for Brandon and for David and Christina, I'm Jimmy Young. Thanks for watching and listening to another edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young.
Hey, you want to grow your own plants? Check out Style Lighting's Grow Kit. It is everything you need to become an expert home grower and bring the power of the sun indoors. Style Lighting uses TCP's high-powered commercial LEDs that deliver twice the output in the market. The Grow Kit has a grow bag, a timer, chains to hang the light, and of course the best in the business lighting system by TCP. Check out stylelighting.shop for more information. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of pro-cannabis media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area, now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge, and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Difference is building a solution for that individual. Not just a custom, here's a box, here's a video, here's how you make your VMS. We custom design and custom build every situation for exactly what the customer needs. And we keep the cost low. We have multiple tiers, you know, as far as what you're looking at on the cost side of things. If you want a one-time, you know, where you just pay one initial cost, we have that. If you want to maintain your system and have the highest protection and highest capabilities and highest upgrades at all times, we have different plans for you. But we scale it so it's scalable and affordable 100%. Media programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at ProCanna Media, on Instagram at ProCannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at ProCannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on ProCannabis Media, Twitter at ProCanna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash ProCannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.